And he said, do you want to help me build this product? And I said, of course, this sounds exciting. And it was ridiculous. Like neither one of us had any reason whatsoever to be building products because we had no idea what we were doing. Um, but we jumped right in and, and hired someone to write code. And, you know, I did voice of customer, even though I had no idea it was called that. And, you know, did a lot of really stupid things and actually a few things right and fell in love with product management before I even knew it was product management. That's my guest, JJ Rory, describing how she transitioned into product management from her previous sales and marketing career. Since that initial experience, JJ has moved up in responsibility to product management leadership. And then for the last six years, she's been consulting, training, and advising product managers and product management teams across all kinds of industries in all kinds of geographies with Sequent Learning Networks, one of the leading product management training and consulting firms. I met JJ through her participation in some online forums I attended and then was particularly engaged in her latest initiative, The Five Immutable Strengths of Great Product Managers, which she'll talk about at length in this episode. Pretty good stuff. Hi, this is Nels Davis, and you're listening to episode number 98 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. You can find the notes for this episode and links to related resources, including JJ's contact information at secretsofpm.com slash 98. JJ has a lot of insight into the state of product management and discusses some areas where product managers need to focus if they really want to make a difference. And of course, we talk about the five immutable strengths and how to get them. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Welcome, JJ. It's fantastic to have you on. I've been looking forward to this interview since we met. We have a lot of similar thoughts, and I can't wait to drill into those and hear more about where you are right now, what you're working on, how you got to where you are. Can you tell me what brought you to the point where you are out there doing a podcast, doing the five immutable truths of product managers, which we'll get to in a little while. Give me the rundown. You bet. Thanks, Niels, for having me. This is, yeah, I too am excited to be here and chat with you. So gosh, wow, my background. Um, so I started my career in like sales and marketing. And so I don't have a somewhat, I think t today is more of a typical engineering background uh, for product management folks. I'm more on the business side, if you will, the sales and marketing side. So I had some roles early in my my career in that realm. And then I was working at this uh, law firm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And again, I think like a lot of young folks and early in their career had no clue what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um, so I got this job at this law firm. I was kind of like head of marketing, if you will. Um, and the partner at the law firm was this eccentric, very brilliant man. And, but he was an attorney, right? But he was an ideas person, right? And so he came to me one day and he said, I have this idea for a software product. Uh, the type of law that, that we practiced there was medical malpractice and, and that sort of thing. So we um, helped hospitals, health centers, et cetera, et cetera, and insurance companies. So he said the software product will help them with their caseload. It will help them, you know, a timeline, blah, blah, blah. And he said, do you want to help me build this product? And I said, of course, this sounds exciting. And it was ridiculous. Like neither one of us had any reason whatsoever to be building products because we had no idea what we were doing. Um, but we jumped right in and, and hired someone to write code. And, you know, I did voice of customer, even though I had no idea it was called that. And, you know, did a lot of really stupid things and actually a few things right and fell in love with product management before I even knew it was product management. And so from there, I actually went in and kind of got some real product management jobs after that. And 
you know, got trained and got experienced and never looked back. Um, and so it's been, gosh, 15 years or so now that I've been in this world and I just love it. And I've been a product manager. I've been a product leader. But the last probably five, six years, I've been doing consulting, training, advising, and working with lots of different organizations all over the world across all industries. And for a product geek, that is like the coolest job ever. It's just amazing. That's fantastic. We're going to come back to that fact that you're working with all these PMs and product management orgs. But I wanted to catch on something that you mentioned. You said you got some training. I'm just curious what your training was. You know, it's interesting. We the the I, I would say the first real product job I had, even though I had done the done the work, it wasn't called that, right? In in my mind or anybody else's mind, um, was it a, a company called First Data? Now it's Fiserv, big, huge payment processor in the financial services world. And so, it, it's really kind of funny. It's a it, like anyone out there listening, a uh, big complex organization, lots of different business units. And so there was this um, thing on the intranet, whatever you call that thing that, you know, employees go to. Um, and it was advertising, if you will, this new program. And it was the NPDP, uh, New Product Development Process through uh, Product Development and Management Association, I think, PDMAA. PDMA, yeah. Yep. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. So the program was the actual NPDP, um, but we did it with a cohort of first data folks, right? So you went through it, you did readings every month. It was kind of like an internal little program or class that they did using that model of NPDP. And then you went through the certification exam through PDMA, et cetera. Well, I reached out and said, oh my God, I want to do this. I want to do this. I, I'm so excited to learn. And it wasn't even my business unit. And again, especially back in 15 years ago, everything in business was siloed. So one business unit didn't know what the other business unit was doing. And so my boss came to me and said, that's not really ours. Like, we can't do that. And I said, oh, yeah, we can. Come on, let me do it. And so we did. And I was the only one in in my kind of business unit working with all these other folks. You know, again, same company, but they were like, who are you? So... Um, yeah, so that's what I did. And it was, you know, quite extensive. Anybody, I don't even, honestly, I don't even know if they still have that program, but it's, I'm sure they probably do in some form. Um, it was good. Um, again, for someone new, it was all encompassing and learning all of the, all of the things that you need to do and the terminology and that sort of thing. So that was, uh, that was fun. Now that I've been more in immersed in training and consulting and that sort of thing, um, there are some things I would have done differently had I known um, but of course, you don't know what you don't know, and you take any kind of learning experience as you can. Exactly right. So that's sort of unusual, I guess. Most product managers don't really get much training, so that was a good, right. lucky that you were able to take advantage of that. Absolutely, absolutely. I've always, and again, since I've been more in consulting, training, advising, et cetera, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm passionate about it is that so much of this job is learning on the job and without real mentors and coaches around you, you know, it's not that they're not smart people. It's just that they don't quite know what product management is or should be. And so that's why I'm passionate about getting, you know, the, the, the people into to some level of, of understanding as early as possible. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's what Sequent does primarily, right? Exactly. Yeah. So they've been around, Sequent's been around for 20 years now. Stephen Haynes is the founder and author of several books. And I mean, he's he's done a great job building that up. And um, and there are several other, you know, training companies coming out and I mean, that have been around for a while, but, you know, some some newer ones coming out that are focused a lot on software products and that sort of thing. And so we're seeing some interesting kind of convergence of, of different um, 
ideas. But at the end of the day, all of these companies are, in my opinion, doing a good service to the product management world because we're helping um, set a foundation of understanding. Now, I still think there's some commonalities that maybe need to be forged and, and that sort of thing, because I still think it's it's still a little bit too complex of answering the question, what is product management, what it should what it should be and shouldn't be. I don't think that should be such a hard question to, to get the right answer on. Right. So you work with lots of product managers and product management organizations, as you mentioned. So what do you see as the state of product management right now? And I know some of it is like people are starting to take learning a little bit more seriously. And what is the state of product managers as people that are growing in this discipline? So here's my take on it. I think that we are seeing a a bifurcation of software products and non-software products. And I think there's a quite a distinction today in how products are done. Uh, products are thought about, products are developed, products are executed on and launched in those two entities, right? Purely software products and then any product that has some sort of physical component. And I think mm-hmm. those are so different right now in the way ways that organizations think about them and work on them. Um, I don't think it's intentional. I just think that the, 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 the kind of elements of, of those two environments have driven certain things. I think those need to come together more. I think they will come together if we, as a community, put a focus on it and as more of those physical goods become digitized and connected, et cetera. So they're going to have to have some of this software-esque product management put into them. Now, my fear with that is that the side of product management, let's say the last 10 years or so, that is kind of all Silicon Valley, all software-based, there's a lot of really intelligent people there, but there's also a lot of, uh, dare I say, arrogance in how (laughs) the product should be done. And people who've only worked in software, which by the way, my background was pretty much services and and digital. You know, I didn't build a lot of physical products in my real product world, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But people who've only done things that are intangible don't understand the difficulties and the diligence needed in de-risking true capital outlays, true product endeavors that involve suppliers from all over the world, you know, components that have to come together. I mean, just look at the world we're living in right now. The supply chain drama has impacted everything, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that this that the folks who build software products only don't know what they're doing, but it's in many ways a different world than some of the other products. So I think that those, I think the concepts underlying pro- product management have to take hold and there has to be a convergence of those two those those two entities and those two thought processes. Number one, because I think that the software folks are going to now be involved in in everything, right? There are very few things, maybe some pure services types of things. Um, but virtually every physical product out there is going to be connected at some point. So at some point we have to come together with the, these ideas and not you know, sit on, you know, panels and talk about how agile is the only way to go or how waterfall is ridiculous and old. And you got to find some way to work together because waterfall has some good diligence to it. Agile obviously has some great theory to it. Nobody's really cracked that nut yet. So that's number one. I think there's a lot of convergence that we have to do in the real world, except, you know, outside of us just sitting and 
being talking heads about how things should work. I think that the real world needs to come together. I think, and and that brings me to kind of where I think product managers need to go. And it also touches on organizations have to go right along with this, either lead it or follow. And I, I'm not quite sure which one that is, but product managers should be, in my opinion, and I'll, I'll go to my grave with this opinion. Um, I guess I shouldn't say that. Maybe somebody can change my mind at some point if the world changes, but product managers should be a very highly visible, critical, and strategic role within any organization. Now, obviously, we've got to execute We've got to get things done. We have a responsibility for an asset, um, sometimes a very large asset of, uh, of the organization. So we have to be good at implementing, executing, and action. But if we don't see where we're going and if we don't understand where the product should be going based on customer market, et cetera, et cetera, how are we going to be that, you know, that, that leader of that product? Um, and I do see a little bit too much, um, especially with the product manager role being a little bit more visible these days and, and a lot more organizations thinking about product managers. Um, I do see product managers today almost going from the strategic role to too much of a tactical role. I think they're so focused on the day-to-day that it's hard for them to take their heads up. Uh, you know, kind of into out of the minutia into the clouds where we have to spend some of our time. The reason I think that is is because organizations don't understand it. Uh, organizations don't understand what how they should be setting up product managers for success. It also comes down to a resource issue, right? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. organizations are saying, hey, you know, you can just do that too. You can do that. You can do this. You can be a product owner. You can be fourteen different things, and you'll have plenty of time to do it. And of course, that's not how it works. So. I see in the future organizations having to get better at really clearly defining what the product manager role is and supporting them through other roles, through understanding of roles and responsibilities and tasks going to other different functions and just, you know, having a clear picture of that or uh, otherwise we're going to continue down that road of being tacticians and not strategists. Right. I think it makes total sense to me. So I know this will tie into your immutable strengths, list of five immutable strengths we're going to talk about in a minute, but is there a low-hanging fruit or area that product managers could start to take action on their own to improve it to, along these lines? Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute in terms of those five things that I think every great product manager has to have, or, or it's just impossible to really, you know, stand out in the crowd. Um, but if there was one thing Oh gosh, and it, it it almost is a is a combination of two of those truths we'll talk about in a second. But it, it's almost understanding business. It's it's a sense of of business um, acuity and and judgment kind of together. So so I know those are hard things to get your head around and say. And how do I how do I do that? But to me, that's what's lacking the most in. Um, the product managers I work with. Again, it's not their fault per se. It's just that they haven't been asked to to build that. And so I believe that every product, and this is one of Stephen Haynes's um, kind of thoughts and, and something I buy into very much is think of every product or service as a, a mini business, right? It's in, in its way, you're building a little business, right? And I don't want to get into the your, the mini CEO thing because mm-hmm, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But you are, you know, every little product is is an asset, right? And if you're building this asset, you've got to be able to understand how your decisions are going to impact that asset, impact that that business, that product. 
right? And product managers today don't understand that quite yet because they haven't been asked to do that. They've been asked to put features in. They've been asked to, even even if they go ask their customers and then they prioritize features by that, it's still not the, the big picture impact. So they're not using critical thinking and the judgment that's needed to make good business decisions for their product because it's not the world they live in. So to me, there's this foundation that we're missing of product managers being good business people and using good judgment. Now, how do you improve that? It takes intention. You got, you know, it's, it's literally experience plus learning plus mentorship. You know, there's, there are things we can do and I know it sounds somewhat subjective, but to me, that's what's missing. It goes back to what I, I said about the organizations, not setting uh, product managers up for success mm-hmm. and and giving them enough authority, well, it it works both ways, right? They're not going to give you the authority if they don't trust in you, if they don't believe you have the credibility, if you're not a good business person who is who are going to, who is going to make good decisions for the business, it's going to be hard for them to give you that authority. So to me, a, a low hanging fruit in terms of the absolute foundational thing you got to do, learn about the business study the financials, talk to the, the salespeople and the channels people and, and what's driving the business and, and understand that. And then you can help drive your, your product to, to, to build that success. Great advice. Fantastic. And I think it's a natural pivot into the five immutable truths. So why don't you give us a little introduction to the idea and then we'll go through the five truths and you can share what they are. Well, thank you for asking about that because that's my very favorite thing to talk about right now. Um, all my friends are not returning my calls because that's all I talk about. Um, I returned your call, JJ. You did. You did. That thank is you. Why we're talking. You're my new BFF. <laughs> you just learned today. Um, you'll stop calling me too at some point. So, so here's the thing. Again, I've been working in product management for a long time and I've been kind of in the circle of being on panels and talking to folks and reading books. And, and I'm, I'm a lifelong learner, but I've also kind of been in the quote unquote thought leadership circle. And I don't mean that to sound pretentious. I just mean that, you know, I get to talk every once in a while on a webinar and I get to meet these really smart people. Well, I still just felt like there was something missing in all of the really wonderful, frankly, content out there that was more foundational and not as complex. I mean, if you read all the product management books, there's some really good ones out there. You know, you go to the events, there's some great thought leaders out there, but it's about this process or that process or doing this different or doing that different. And everything is so complex and there's so many things moving at, at all the, you know, at any given time. To me, it it seems too frenetic. And so I wanted to do something. First of all, I wanted to figure out, like, what is the foundation? What is the commonality of all these great product managers that I've worked with? Once I did that research and started thinking and started writing about it, it really came down to these five things that had nothing to do with process, had nothing to do with education, you know, or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, what you did in university. It had nothing to do even with your business experience per se. It had to do with a foundation of characteristics and skills that these people who are great at being a product manager can pull from during all that chaos, during all that frenetic activity that is just inherent in what we do. So so these five things that I've identified, I lovingly call the five immutable truths of great product managers, meaning no matter what job you have, no matter how long you've been in the industry, no matter what product you work on or, or what industry you, you, you do that work in, 
you're going to need these five things. Um, the five things are, first of all, great product managers have a really, really high level of customer intelligence. That means more than just understanding the domain in which they live and work, right? It, it means understanding their customers' psyches, their behaviors, their unmet needs, right? It, it's, it's kind of the, the hierarchy, if you will. And so there's, there's a lot that goes into that. But great product managers are 100% focused on their customers and what it means, right? So that's number one. Number two is great product managers are excellent at relationship building. You just can't do this job without having good relationships. It's it's virtually impossible. Number three, they're master communicators. There's just so many different ways that we have to communicate and great product managers really master that art. Number four, it goes to that business acuity and, and really it's about using good judgment. And that good judgment includes you know, understanding the business, understanding the decisions that you're making, and also being very cognizant of some of the biases that we have. So number four is that using good judgment. And then number five, great product managers, they prioritize, right? We, there's a lot out there about prioritizing um, for product management and how hard it can be. Great product managers are very intentional about it. Those five things, again, I don't think anybody's going to say, oh, wow, I've never heard anybody say you should build relationships and product management, right? Or, or communicate well. I, I'm not inventing any new wheel here. I'm just laying what I've found to be this kind of all-encompassing foundation for great product managers. And it's not so complex that we can't do it. We just have to be intentional about building these skills and then ultimately pull from each of those as we need to. And the greatest product managers, quote unquote, pull from these skills without even knowing it, right? It's not like they're intentionally going back and saying, oh, which, which truth should I work on today or pull from today? They just, they just rely on those relationships. They just rely on those communication skills. They prioritize because they understand their customers so, so well. So, so those five truths, if we can all build those up in ourselves, I think the product management world is going to get a lot better. So I think the natural question then is how do we build those skills up? Yeah, to me, and that's what the book's about, um, and I'm hoping the book uh, will be out um, early next year, 2022. I'll come back on when it's on and we can talk all about it, um, <laughs> except you won't be returning my calls by then. It, it's a journey, just like any other professional development um, activity, if you will, you've got to set yourself up and be diligent about it. And, and nobody's going to say, oh, I'm going to read this book today and tomorrow I'm going to have all these five skills. It's going to take you uh, a journey in each one. And, and also the way that plan should be set out for each person is based on your individual needs, right? Because some people are, are just naturals at relationship building. And so that's going to be their fifth priority in these truths, mm -hmm. but they're not so good at prioritizing. So they're going to take some of the tools and templates and kind of the, the, the learning plan, if you will, for prioritization and go from there. In, in the book that I'm writing, and it is still in progress, it, it's not done yet, I'm providing practical tools or trying to, and those tools are based on not only, you know, thoughts that I have, but others that I've talked to. And, and so things like, just for an example, like judgment and part of judgment or using good judgment, right? And, and having good judgment as a product manager is being aware of some of the very common biases that we have when we're going out and, and doing market research. And so, you know, one of the things that we do so often is we jump to solutions. So we have a solution bias, but we also have a confirmation bias because we think something is a good idea. And then we go find data to confirm it. 
Well, a tool I've worked with is a hypothesis mapping tool. Like literally you try to disprove your hypothesis. You try to find data or you go out and objectively do the research and you document the, the data that, that disproves your hypothesis the same way that we usually do that proves our hypothesis, right? right. There's some yep. assumption mapping things. And there, there's just some tools that, again, a tool is just a tool. It's, it's about us implement, implementing it. But there's some tools that I've found that really work. And if we can use those tools to build the skill and then commit ourselves to being on a constant learning journey and incrementally continuing to build those skills, then that's what I've found these great product managers do. That makes a ton of sense. And I think that's a great suggestion for a place to start for sure with, you know, we know that cognitive biases causes problems in decision-making and things like that. So just these, the idea that there may be some tools out there that we can apply to say, you know, I want to be a bet, I want to be better at this. I'm going to make an assumption that my cognitive biases will get in my way and I'm going to proactively search out things that will help me overcome those. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's a good, good product management thing to do as well. Sort of a maturity level in that area as well. So this exactly. is, this is a, a great, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the book because I want to learn all about these tools that you have and that all these different suggestions that you have for how to grow yourself in these areas. It's, it's really fantastic. As, as you're working on the book, is there anything interesting about the process of writing the book itself that you are that you could share? Yeah, this is the first time I've, I've tried to write a book and, and I've been doing it now. I've been writing it for, well, I should say I've been writing a book for about three years. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it took many different turns around the, uh, along the way. And I, I got to this kind of basis uh, probably about a year ago, like this is what the world needs. Cause you know, two or three years ago, I was like, okay, I want to write a book. And I think there's a need for some, some content. What should the content be? And you go through this process. I didn't have the perfect idea in, in many ways. And I've looked back at it in many ways. I had a very, very vague problem that I was trying to solve, but also uh, on the other side of that coin, I almost was trying to force a solution without understanding the problem, right? To speak in product management terms. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to write a book. Well, nobody wants my book. Like, what problem am I trying to solve, right? And so as I went through the process, I, I laughed at myself several times, like, what are you doing? You literally teach people not to do this, and here you are doing it. And so, you know, I finally got to this point where I was like, okay, JJ, stop being silly. What what really needs to be solved out there? And that's where I just kept going back to that. What What is it about these these folks who do it so well. And, you know, what am I, what am I finding? And I could, I could articulate it in some ways, but I don't think it's really been summarized in a good way, in a good way of just, you know, documenting what makes product managers great, but also what to do about it to your point. Okay, great. How do we build it? And so once I got to that, that was probably about a year ago. And once I got to that, I was like, okay, now we're here. And now again, I'm not an author by trade. I love to write and, and I love to, to build ideas and content. Who knows? I I'm hoping it's a decent enough book that people actually, you know, like my writing, but it definitely has gone through iterations and, and, you know, different things and the tools I've, I've learned that some tools didn't work as well as others. And that part of the book, um, has also, you know, kind of, uh, improved and iterated over time. So, um, it's hard work writing a book, but I love it. You've written a book, so you understand. I have written a book that I self-published, um, and the listeners to the podcast know about the secret product manager handbook, which 
is what I called it because it was all the things that nobody taught me and I wish I'd learned. I yeah. wish there had been a secret handbook when I started. And it was interesting because it actually my book was made up of many things that I'd already written in the past on my blog and things like that. But even that was, it was a lot of work to turn that into something that was in a state that it could be published, even self-published as I did mine. It was very gratifying to do it and to find that, and I, I, it sounds like you're also finding this, that as the idea gets better, as you understand the problem you're trying to solve better, your solution gets better and it yes. starts to hang together and it starts to have synergies within it which I think is really fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're getting that. Experience. I am. I am. It's, it's so fun to like, to have it all click. Right. And yeah. I think again, product managers totally understand that. I know I did. It's like you work on a certain problem for, for a while. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, that's it. That makes sense. You know? And, and then you run with it and you get more passionate about it. So, yeah. you know, the, the passion of product management ebbs and flows and, you know, I'm definitely on, on, on a high note with this. So it's exciting. Yeah. There's that great Steve Jobs quote where he says, first you find a problem and it looks really easy. And then you work on it for a while and you find out, oh no, it's really hard. And then you work on it a little more. And this is the great part. The really great person, he said, this is a great Steve Jobs phrase. The really great person eventually finds a really simple solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, yeah. I think the process that goes on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it, it's, it brings me to I, I think it's Einstein. I'm not 100% sure. I really, since it's one of my favorites, I probably should know this but or confirm it. But um, I, I love the saying, if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. Right. And I think we fall into that trap so often in product management. And I know we work on complex technologies and, and very complex uh, engineered solutions. And, and, and I understand that we live in complex worlds sometimes, but good grief, it just seems so like, Come on, guys, let's simplify this a little bit. And so I'm hoping that my book uh, will be, again, nobody's going to read it and say, oh, my God, you know, wow, this is so hard to understand. <laughs> um, but, you know, they'll just say, OK, this is good. I can I can do this and, and right. we'll improve a little bit over time. We could have a whole conversation about that, JJ. That's a very interesting topic of how to simplify complex ideas and communicate yeah. them effectively. Yeah. They have a lot of good things to talk about in that area. Well, this has been fantastic, JJ. Everybody's looking forward to your book. I am, I know. If people want to learn more about you or connect with you or learn more about the upcoming book as, as you're working on it or the five immutable truths, where can they get that information? Okay. So a few different things. I'll, you can find me on LinkedIn, JJ Rory, R-O-R-I-E. Find me there. Um, I'm on Twitter. Same thing, JJ Rory. It's not up yet. But at some point, um, the book will have a website called greatproductmanagers.com. Look for that. I am also currently the host of Masters of Product Management podcast, which I love. It's powered by Sequent Learning. Um, had some amazing uh, people on that. And there's one episode, so you can find that on Spotify, Apple, whatever. There's one episode where I talk specifically. It's just me, so it's a little boring. I don't have any fun guests, but it's just me talking about the five immutable truths. Go find that episode. That's on the Masters of Product Management podcast. Um, and then you can reach me at jjrory at jjrory.com anytime. Email me. I uh, would love to chat with you. I, I love to meet new product folks. JJ, this has been really fun. I'm really looking forward to the book and to talking with you more about all these other topics that we also share our interests in common. And good luck on the book. And as a published author myself, let me know if I can help out at all. I absolutely will. I'm definitely going to take you up on that. I, you know, again, it's one of those things that it's a lifelong dream, but it's, um, it's not easy. So folks like you who've done it, I, I, I admire you greatly and I will definitely take take up some of that mentorship. Thank you very much, JJ. 
Thank you, Nils. It's been great. Bye-bye. So I love this conversation with J.J. Rohr, and I hope you found it useful. I'll definitely have her back on the podcast when the book comes out in 2022, so we can talk about it more and get even more specifics on how to build the five immutable strengths in yourself. There are links to J.J.'s contact information and websites in the show notes at secretsofpm.com slash 98. And you can drop a comment on the show page there if you have comments or complaints on the episode or any other episode. You can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm Nils Davis on both. Feel free to follow and or connect with me on either platform. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast in your player of choice if you haven't already. And share the episode with your friends or enemies, depending on how you feel about it. And if you wanted to leave a review and some comments on the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic. Until next time, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.